Minnesota Timberwolves fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some Timberwolves basketball. Now, of late, we've kind of always got some shit for the Living in Loserville thing. It's not just to the Timberwolves, okay? This is professional sports, okay? And we haven't won anything since 91. So it's a joke. We're not like an overly negative podcast. We're not just ranting and raving the whole time, looking for clicks that way. So just everybody take a deep breath. We get it. We're, we're in first place, and we have been for a while. But um, it's just it's just a joke, man. It's just funny. Uh, and it's true, by the way. It is true. Anyway, um, we're going to get into the week that was. We'll kind of get some light notes, you know, on the Detroit and Memphis games, the games that we must win. And then we'll break down a little bit further what happened in that OK City um, game. You know, it was one of those games, if you look at the Dallas game, you look at the Boston game, to a lesser extent because the Timberwolves did win against the Clippers, but they did give up that big lead in the fourth quarter, something we highlighted last week to keep an eye on. We let this one go again, and turnovers reared their ugly head once again. So we'll talk a little bit about that. There are plenty of positives on the week, though. McDaniels looks like he might be finding his groove. Nas, I mean, that that Memphis game, Nas just went off 13 points in less than three minutes in that first quarter. Hope this get back in that game. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to – I got a couple messages from somebody that um, wouldn't go back and forth with me. Uh they just want to message me and block me, so we will be. I'll address that a little bit, and then of course, um, you know, we'll talk about a variety of stuff. Talk about the roster, where we're at with it. Um, Slow mo was another one. Kyle Anderson, we did get a little heat for talking somewhat positive about him um, because you know he is struggling from the field, no doubt about it. But then we'll definitely look towards this week. We got four games. Uh, speaking of OKC, at least we get them next Monday. So we'll be previewing that game on Monday. But we have Charlotte at home tonight. Looks like uh, Conley is going to be out for rest. And uh, game, di- game time decision for Ant because of a sickness, illness, it says. And then at Washington, um, at Brooklyn, and at San Antonio. All four of these games are winnable games. So we'll see how that works out. If this is your first time listening to the Living Illusable podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and download the show directly there. You can find this here podcast under the Ropadope Radio banner on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts. Um, you can download the podcast app. We also have a Living in Loserville Spricker Mange page there. It's also available under that um, under that platform for Spotify. Um, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thecruelinkshoot.com and Sports News 24. One real, real quick thing about DirecTV Stream. Get the best in streaming TV for a limited time for the choice package. That's kind of up a notch from the general one. Uh, $83.99 for the first two months. You save two or $50 for the first two months under the choice package. It's a 
DirecTV is the leader in sports on Sunday and every day. DirecTV Sports Central gives fans access to every football playoff game so they can stream it all in one convenient place. That's DirecTV. All right, I'm going to go ahead and bring in Aaron, my co-host. Now that it's warmed up a bit after that, you know, ice-cold run we had, looks like it's going to be 30s and 40s for like the next 10 Maybe even two weeks, man, 10 days or something like that. It's, it's kind of crazy this winter, man. Yeah, man, went into the deep freeze for about a week, week and a half. First few days were all right, but it started to linger. It's hard on everything, hard on your cars, hard on your furnace, all the stuff, you know. So, But speaking of the last uh, few weeks or last week, I guess, uh, two and one is what we said. Uh, you were three and oh, I was two and one. And, you know, good, positive and negative there. and. Uh, within that span, I thought, you know, like you said, Jaden came out, played really well. Uh, we'll do a little defending of slow-mo a little bit later. Um, I, I just don't see why everybody's so upset with him. Um, yeah, he's, his shot's a little off at the moment, but he makes good basketball decisions. He's a smart player. He's sneaky good. Um, his shot's not going to stay that way. And like you said, Chris, off air, he's playing out of position. So there's a lot to talk about there. Um, but you know, one thing that really stood out this week, Chris, was a lot of little sloppy play. You know, there were some turnovers that, you know, in the beginning of the game and and at the end of the game, and coming out kind of sluggish too. It's there's a lot of things there that you're like, could this be the old squad rearing its ugly head, or maybe it's just the you know the dog days of, of winter here during the season. But yeah, we saw some things we didn't like as much as others. Yeah, the Detroit game kind of played with them somewhat evenly. The defense wasn't as tight as you'd like, especially in that first uh, first quarter. Um, and then they kind of pulled away from them. Detroit, who's been a little – they're a bad team this year, but they've been a little scrappy of late. Um, you know, it, it was pretty pretty even. We started pulling away. They'd come back a little bit, pull away, come back, that type of thing. Um, so, you know, we got the job done. We, like I said, we did start to separate in that game. So that, that did help. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, you got to win those games. Sometimes you're not, not going to play your best game. But, um, you know, that's kind of what I, I liked about it. We, we, we had to, you know, we had to, we had to grind it out. We're playing our best. But then we blew them out. Um, as far as the Memphis game, this is something we're going to talk about of late, maybe the last few weeks. We've been having these slow starts offensively in the first quarter. We saw it in the last two games. Like I said, we've seen it in recent time, somewhat anyway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they were up on, you know, up early. Um, kind of funky, but, dude, that game where Nas went 13 points um, in the first three minutes, that was crazy, man. Or I should say in three minutes. I think it was two minutes, 47 seconds. Hit a couple threes, just went off. That Memphis game, you know, they were scrappy as well. I will say that. Um, that 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 point of Conley at the beginning of the the fourth quarter, we I think we were down by five. You know, Ant and, and Cat, I think Ant and Cat had like maybe six points or something like that in the first and only had two. He, he poured it on the second half at 26 points. 
we definitely needed every one of them, but calmly, the way he started that, you know, down by five or down by six, something like that. Um, beginning of the, the first five possessions, Dane Moore broke it down really well on Twitter. Nas cutting duck, dunk assisted by Conley. Nas had a layup assisted by Conley. Then Conley hit a three, had a driving layup, and hit another three. And we went down to being up, and we never really looked back after that. So, once again, that was a game where we kind of – you know, got enough room there to feel comfortable and, and, and get that. Um, that Jackson was just going off on us, man. Um, really going off on us. Luckily, he picked up some falls there. But, um, yeah, we definitely got, you know, some good minutes off the off the bench. Um, I did notice in the last few games, um, you know, the combinations of our bench and just getting more out of it. Um, there's kind of some interesting lineups where it was Rudy, Nas, McDaniels, uh, Conley, and Alexander Walker. And that seemed to work pretty damn good just for a, a chunk of time, both Cat uh, and Ant off the floor at that time. I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, matchup that we uh, – or, or lineup, I should say, that we're still kind of finding it. And I think we had – I think there was one close to that, just one off. I think slow-mo was in there for somebody uh, the week the, the, in the Detroit game. So we're still trying to figure out our, our bench and the rotations. And obviously it matters, you know, matching up, you know, against uh, some teams we won't play McLaughlin. But then, you know, he started hitting some threes of late as well, which is positive. But the key is, you know, we talked about are we ready to be confident that we're going to beat, you know, you're going to lose once in a while to a bad team. But are we going to be, you know, do, do we feel confident that we're going to win those first two games of the week? And, you know, they got it done. Yeah, they did. Like, you know, just to round out the week, Chris, I don't want to bring up the word complacency because I don't think we're there yet as far as the, the slow starts are, are are concerned. I just don't know, really know what to put my finger on about them. You're right about Finch and the bench. He's trying some things. Um, I like some of the lineups he's putting out there. Obviously, Nas is a scorer, and like we mentioned last week, we need to find second, third uh, scores and definitely a bench scorer. Um, and that could be Nas, uh, the way he's been playing. Uh, but, you know, the slow-mo and working that stuff, and maybe if you add Conley in there a little bit, you get a little bit more ball movement, a little bit more smart play, uh, some more pick and roll and things like that, help, you know, springboard your bench a little bit. Um, and I also noticed, Chris, the guys we have trouble with, you notice, you noticed that Jackson went off a bit. And that just kind of reminded me of games against uh, the Pelicans and stuff where Ingram, another guy like Jackson, yeah. that kind of frame, that kind of body, that kind of offensive thing we seem to have a hard time with. Uh, even the Gilgis guy, uh, I know it's a little bit different body frame, but there's certain guys, obviously they're talented, but, um, there seems to be a certain type of player that, having their way with us. I don't know why, um, maybe because you can't put Jaden on them for, for reasons or, or whatever it is, but that seems to be a bit of a pattern coming out of uh, this week. But, you know, I thought overall they were able to make up for it in the, in the first two games coming out slow. I, I thought it was a little too touch and go against Detroit, um, but they did manage to get the win. Memphis is a little shorthanded. They should have probably played a little bit better or – you know, the Wolves probably should have won by a little bit more. And I thought they played a really tough game against OKC. I think, you know, just the turnovers down the stretch, Chris, and some of those calls just weren't going their way. Um, so, 
you know, I thought overall it was a good week, about what I expected it to be. And like you said, you know, you're going to drop some games. I don't think you're ever at a point where you cannot worry about. I mean, everybody's got NBA talent on their squad, but you'd like to get to a point where you can say, okay, well, that's a win. Even like tonight with Charlotte, it's like, okay, well, you should get this win. Right. You know, but now you're sitting possibly Ant, possibly, uh, or definitely Mike. So you don't yeah. really know exactly, but, uh, you know, you've got yourself in good position now. I just don't want to see complacency come in and, you know, where you think you've won the game by before you step on the court. That's just, uh, not how things go. And McDaniels, you know, his scoring has kind of been a, an impressive change. Like he wasn't a great scorer coming out his rookie year. I thought he hit corner threes and whatnot. Um, now he's getting to the hoop. He's getting more creative around the hoop. Um, his three has come a long ways. I think his percentage has probably got to be better than it was then. And uh, you know, his mid range probably needs a little help, but he's he's willing to work on it. Um, I really like offensively what he's been doing. Obviously, he's going to bring you the defense every night. Um, but offensively, if he can become a two way player next to Ant, uh, it's just going to reap benefits uh, for the rest of his career. Yeah, that, that two games ago, I think it was, or was it? Detroit game, but 23 points, season high, eight, uh, eight of 11 from the field and three of four. No fouls and no turnovers, especially the no falls part. That That's pretty – him and uh, Cat just love to rack up fouls, so that's a good sign. And last year, um, they were 23rd in the league against below sub-500 teams, right? They were 17 and 18. Um, now, some of it was shorthanded, sure. We've only lost two of them, and that was right away. Toronto and then the Atlanta game. And the Atlanta game, you know, in many ways, we didn't deserve to win the, the Toronto game. I'm not saying we the way we played <laughs> once we got the big lead against Atlanta that we deserved to win. But um, that was one where you're like, okay, dude, you had a big lead. Don't give it up to this team no matter what, even if they do get hot. So far, only two this, uh, you know, this year, and we're 17 and 10 uh, against the above 500 teams. Last year, we were fifth in the league at 25 and 22. So, something to keep an eye on, no doubt about it. And, you know, when it comes to holding stuff, uh, holding, you know, position and all that. But, yeah, you know, they got it was 14 to 5 in that OKC game, got it up to 21 to 5. Um, now, they did close out. Pretty well. McDaniels hit two threes. I think Rudy got some free throws. Managed to get it to 30-24, to 24, uh, the Thunder, after the first. Um, kind of a back-and-forth game in the second quarter. We did get a slight lead in the midway point. Then they closed, I think, like on an 11-3 run. So they did have um, the lead 57-54 to 54. late in that second quarter. Cat picked up his third fall, so it didn't really matter like he had to sit for eight minutes or something. But it was it was kind of a cheap one where you're like, oh, man, uh, do we got to start taking him out like the last 90 seconds just in case they call something bad on him? And like I said, I, I don't say it's just the, the refs, but uh, that one kind of hurt. But at half, anyway, down three, no big deal, but it's 13 to seven in turnovers. And it was 20 to five in points off those turnovers. So that was rough. Now they got it together, right? Uh, they only had one turnover in the third quarter. And what do you know? It was like 20, I don't know, 27 to 16 or something, or 29 to 17 for the quarter. 
looked really good. McDaniels did. He was hot, man. He was 3 of 3, had 15 points, 6 of 7 from the field, but he did pick up a foul, so he had to leave. And I think Shea was 6 of 16 when he left. And the second McDaniels checked out, he started going off. Um, Conley finally hit a three. That was That's the worst game he's going to have of the year. Because um, at that point, he was 0-7. I think he finished like 1 of 9 from 3, which he's been killing it. But that one was rough. I did not see that coming. Um, but, you know, Ant started getting going. I think he was up to 12 points some, somewhere in the third quarter. Um and Cat was like 11-7 and seven at that point. Uh, with four minutes left, Nas hits back-to-back threes, gets it to 76-69. And I remember Ant had a really nice layup through traffic, and it's 81-69. to 69. The bench is, is doing their job 32-8 to eight in that game. And then, Aaron, the fourth quarter. Seven turnovers. And remember, seven, it was 13 to seven, right? Okay, City only had one turnover the second half. So it's 85 to 76, nine minutes left, um, 88 to 74, under six minutes. And then it just unraveled. They ended up uh, winning the corner 28 to 14, man. Yeah, is it a young team thing, Chris? I'm not sure what it is, uh, but it keeps rearing its head. You know, you got to take care of the ball. Uh, Mike does a good job of that. I think when he's on the floor, uh, I think a lot of it could be Ant and different double teams he's getting, um, which takes time and experience to get through, like we talked about last week. Um, you just try to find a reason why you're closing out a game. One thing, not make shots. It's another thing to turn the ball over and not take care of the basketball. I'm sure that's what Finch is preaching day in and day out. Uh, with the squad is you have to take care of the ball. You need the possessions. You need the points. Um, and this one really cost you, Chris. Four minutes left. You're up by eight, six, eight, something like that. You should be able to salt that one away if you play well. But they got into passing lanes. There were some stupid balls thrown. Um, you know, just not thinking it through. <clears throat> and it just, you know, it cost you a game that you had to have. Yeah, you did scratch back in and you fought all the way to the end and, you had a chance to maybe take it to overtime there. But, you know, you had a nice lead. You know, you were down big in the first quarter. You fought your way back. You had a lead. You took the lead. You, you had it. Um, and then you made a series of, of bad possessions. And now you find yourself in, in a really tight game when it didn't have to be. So it's one of those things, Chris, I really want to put it on. It's a young squad, um, young players. But at the same time, Oklahoma City's young, too. And they turn the Very ball once, you know. So there's something there uh, with the turnovers. And, uh, you know, Nas hitting the threes was great. And I really thought we had that game up until the very end. And it just, it's bad uh, basketball at that point. And when you need to have good basketball, and that's something that's that's got to change. And I, I just, I don't know what to say except for, you know, they have to take care of the ball. That's that's fundamental as it gets. Um, you know, it reminds me of the Purple People Eater podcast. where Same thing with the turnovers, but this thing's, you know, you're in position to, to salt away uh, your biggest rival in the division, and you, you go through a series of four to five bad possessions and end up losing. It's just you can't do that and expect to uh, – maybe you do that against Detroit, and, and it'll work out for yeah. you. Against another good squad, you're just not going to get away with that. And I'm sure they know that, but they've got to do something to to settle it down and to just take care of the ball. 
Yeah, and, you know, I like your Vikings thing, but that would be like, you know, without Ann and Cat. You know what I mean? Like, because remember, Cousins and Jefferson missed so much time. So it's like, at least there's an excuse there. Um, yeah, they're like McDaniels and, and Ant are young. Um, Nas is in his fifth year. He's 24, so he, he could still definitely, we've seen him grow a lot. But overall, we, we have some veteran players. We're an inexperienced team together, this unit, because of last year in, in Katniss in 53 games. So I'll definitely say that. But, man, um, yeah, when you look at it, 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 it just, like I said, it was, it was 88 to 74, under six minutes to play. Just breaking it down and had a bad turnover. Dort hits a three. It's 88 to 84. And really, OKC in that time frame had a 10-0 run in the fourth quarter, which you can't you can't do. 28 to 14 on the corner. Uh, Ant had a strip or was stripped of a turnover. McDaniel's had a really bad pass that led to points. It's 90. Um, what is it? 90, 90 to 88 at that point. I think something like that. I mean, it it really got. Ant had three turnovers in the last like six minutes. Um, he was dribbling the traffic. He was losing the ball, but still, I mean, 90 to 90, 92 to 92, we, we ended up getting up 94 to 92, but then Shea hit a three, put him up. Cat uh, had two, two falls late, one he had to do, um, or three falls late, one he had to do. He was doing really good as far as they were definitely giving him the ball in a, in a spot he likes. Um, he got to the line a lot. Uh, but then, you know, when, when you start to have to foul people with 15 seconds left and nine and five seconds left, you know, it's a free throw game. And, um, you know, Ant did get fouled on the three. So, theoretically, if he hits all three, there's a great chance that we go to overtime. I don't think they had any timeouts left. But either way, they more than likely go to OT. He misses the first two. And that was surprising. Um, that was a little surprising. But, you know, it is what it is. It, sure, we don't know what would have happened to overtime anyway. But it was, you know, in many ways lost before we even got there. So that was a, a little rough. But, yeah, overall, like, you know, early in the season, uh, the offensive falls uh, for Cat was causing a lot of turnovers. And recently, in the really the months of December and January, especially January, Ant has had some turnover issues, whether it's, you know, the last couple of years, uh, you know, it's it's those uh, lost ball where you just, you're dribbling and you just lose the ball, um, or you just kind of throw a bad pass. So the, the, the combination of that two out of your best two players for scoring, that does add up, but, you know, so just like last week and other times when we've talked about the subject, it's players first. But <clears throat> at some point when your team has proven that they have some issues down the stretch, uh, especially against the good teams, we do got to just be a little bit more organized. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, Chris, do you think that, uh, you know, you want to go and say Ant's trying to do too much, but then you, you, know, you want the ball in his hands coming down the stretch. It's like, well, do you want to – you got to have to take this as a learning process, right? I mean, if you're going to give him the ball in those situations, you know, he's got to be able to, to deal with it. And I'm not saying he chokes or anything like that. I'm just saying 
you know, it takes a while to figure out your go-to things that you want to do. And, uh, you know, I, I really feel like maybe that's asking a lot of him. And I like, the, you know, the you kind of alluded to the fact that there needs to be some some structure there, you know, especially when you start to see the bleeding and you need to stop it. You know, you got to have something to go to. And whether that's Ant or Cat or, or Mike or wherever you got on the court, you know, there should be something you can go to at that point to uh, get yourself uh, two points and, you know, so you're not giving up these 10-0 runs. But I think, you know, Ant's turnovers here, maybe indecision on what you want to do when you get the ball, that might be it. You know, doesn't have go-to things right now. He's got the step back three. You can get to the rack. Um, you know, but maybe he doesn't, you know, if he's being very closely defended, maybe he gets a little flustered or he just doesn't, you know, move in time. We didn't mention that in doubles, he's not the quickest uh, to decide what he wants to do when he gets doubled. That's a thing there that could go into it. But you said, you know, Cat had some problems. Now Ant's got some problems. I think it's a learning curve with that because I think eventually you're going to want him to have the ball in those situations. And the only way to do that is to give him the ball in those situations, if that makes any sense. And right yeah. now, you know, he might be struggling a little bit with it. 20 games down the road, you know, he might have it all together. Yeah, I, I that's a good point. And by the way, uh, Carl right now off the falls, he has the most at 30. Well, this is that he has a little bit more than this. This is a, from a handful of days ago. Giannis has 25. Julius Randles has 22. Sabonis has 21. Jackson does a lot of the same thing Cat does. A lot of them are bigs, even uh, Embiid, Rudy, Bain, Ingram, as far as, you know, leaders on offensive balls. For the turnovers, Julius Randle is number one. Well, actually, Edwards moved in front of him. So he he's literally on just lost ball turnovers, dribbling into a crowd. He's literally leading the league in it. Um, Sabonis is actually in both of those categories. Wow. I didn't realize that. Um, so I think you put up a great point. Now, do I want the ball in his hands? I do, but I'd rather not have him dribbling down the court with it all the time late. So do I trust him with the shot? Yes, I do. Do I trust him to make the right decision most of the time? No, I don't. So maybe that is running more screen so he can come off so he's already moving he's on the move and it's like it just kind of almost like a rolling out a quarterback so it's half the field like yeah like some catch and shoot stuff yeah catch and shoot and that's that's running it so you know that is on the coach too but it's also on the player to get rid of the ball early and trust it's going to come because you're right the catch and shoot he doesn't catch and shoot enough and he's a knockdown shooter like many people when they catch and shoot so I do want the ball I want the shot I want him to take the shots but I don't necessarily want the ball in his hand the last six minutes every time down the court because right now uh, uh, you know he can't handle it uh, and that's just it's just on average you know and this isn't just this year or whatever but yeah I do want him to take the shots though and you know that mid-range game he's really coming along um, and that's what I'm saying, maybe even rely more on that because sometimes you'll just dribble right into the crowd. And sometimes you're like, hey, dude, that's a Rudy dunk right there. If you dump it off, you driven. There's three guys on you. you got to dump it off. Or he just goes into the crowd rather than just pulling up go-off class because I think he does have enough go-to moves right now. Like you said, they'll fine-tune. He'll find more of them. 
But, yeah, I think it's a combination of I definitely want him to take the shot, but I don't want him to have the ball uh, consistently down the stretch. Uh, I hear you. I think that's dribbling. Right. Yeah, I think that's – yeah, I think I agree with you on that. Uh, I want him involved in the play. I don't want him uh, running the play, basically. Uh, And I don't want him dribbling into double teams. Uh, We know you're quick. We know you're strong, but it's a double team. You might want to try to get rid of the ball and try to get it back. Um, But these are things I hope that he will learn and pick up. And he's getting a lot of, like, exotic doubles. I watch his doubles every night that he's getting. There's different teams do different things to bring the double. And uh, they change it up throughout the course of the game as well. I mean, that's just strategy. He's got to be able to read, recognize, react, like we said last week. And uh, that takes some time. I I believe in him, like – like I think some catch and shoot stuff would be nice. Uh, pick and roll, just anything to get him the ball in scoring position where he doesn't nec- where he doesn't have to make the decision. It's pretty instinctive, you know. Catch, shoot, exactly. Uh, shoot the layup, alley oop, backdoor play, something like that to get him involved and let him make the let him make the shots, but not have him thinking for it. And I think that's something that you know Finch and Mike and uh, Slow Mo and smarter guys on the squad where you want to put in your in your closing lineup. Um, would should be able to utilize Ant in those type of ways. Yeah, in the, in the recent weeks, we've definitely seen them focusing on Ant to really have more pick and rolls as a let's keep going to it because Rudy, you can get your shot off with Rudy when he picks and rolls. Um, sometimes when he's rolling, he'll he'll kind of when he does pass to him, he'll get the ball too early to Rudy. Like, what's he going to do out there, Ant? You know, let him roll all the way. But also with Cap. Um, cause like I said, they got him involved. They got him in right spots and he drew a bunch of falls. I think he got like, I think he was six. I think he was, I don't think he missed a shot actually, uh, from the free throw line, but I think he hit like six of them, maybe eight of them, six of them in the fourth quarter. But with him, I would like to see more commonly in him with the pick and pop or pick and roll and not, cause we always can go to the Rudy stuff, but I do, I do think that'll help cat free it up. And then, you know, if he rolls, then he could. He's already on the move, and there's no double. And if it is clogged up there, well, that means you know, Conley's open for a big shot. And, and yeah, he had a bad game, but that'll probably be his worst game of the season. He's been money overall, especially from three, especially that corner three. I don't know what it is after that game now, but it was sixty percent or something like that not long ago. So yeah, I think it is just kind of going through it, but. It does go back players first, blame, no doubt, but it does go back to be like, hey, let's, uh, let's, you know, you got these offensive chops. Let's see them then. Let's play call a little bit more. Um, we did get some pushback, my friend, from our guy, Slow Mo, aka Kyle Anderson, who clearly has struggled from three point land. Now, he wasn't launching them last year left and right, but he shot a high percentage to where you, you know, if they're going to leave him alone, he was going to at least shoot it. So you had to worry about him a little bit. This year he has, he definitely has turned down a bunch of those shots. I think he's only taken five in January. Um, And there's like, out of the 11 games, I think it's eight of them or six, seven of them that he, he literally like didn't even, let me see, I got it. He didn't even take a shot. He didn't even take the, a three in the, in like seven of the games. So clearly it, it is a struggle. And if we're talking about crowding the lane now, you know, we haven't mentioned spacing, but that's part of spacing in general. Um, but 
you know, um, yeah, eight of those, in eight of the 11 games, he didn't even take a three. And like I said, this guy has been turning down shots. And I understand the confidence of all that, but he's shooting like 16% from three right now. So, now, you know, he had a nine-assist game lately, a four-assist game against OK uh, City. He, he, his assist is coming back around. He's just struggling with the shot right now. Well, first of all, I can think of five to six other players I'd rather have taken three-point shots than, than Salomo. You know, I'm not worried about him. The, one, the volume of three-point shots, he doesn't shoot a lot of them, probably because he's passing some up. He's not the greatest. If you've seen his shot, it's not a beautiful three-point shot, however effective or, or ineffective. But I, I just, I'd rather have other guys shooting threes. I'll, I'll take his mid-range. I'll take him around the basket. I'll take his playmaking, his assists, his overall court presence over whether or not he passes up a three-point shot or makes a three-point shot. Yeah, you're wide open in the corner. You got 10 feet. Go ahead and take the shot. Other than that, look for something else. I mean, I, I'm fine with it. I don't know what the criticism of him is except for the passing up of shots like you mentioned, Chris, or, or maybe. Well, that's the difference of three. If you're at the three position, you're going to have to shoot more of them. That's that's the unfortunate part. So is that his fault that he's no. playing out of position? You know, that's the thing. You know, fair enough. I guess if he's playing the three, you're going to want that. But I think there's other ways to, to deal with that and, and maybe get him back to the four at some point. I think a lot of it is because, you know, we had backup point guard issues and, and whatnot. And what you're doing with Kyle is you're kind of using him in, in all kinds of places where you need something, you know, and he's able to fill those things just by being a smart player. I don't really don't have a lot of criticism of him, Chris, and I guess I can see why people would criticize the fact that, you know, maybe he's passing up three-point shots. Okay, fine, but I think there's better shots from the team than, than Kyle at shooting threes. So, to me, is it a smart play by Kyle to pass him up unless he's, you know, wide-ass open and has got all the time in the world? You know, I don't know, you know, but uh, criticizing him for that um, to me doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense. Um, there are some things you could probably criticize him about uh, defensively. Uh, you know, he's decent, but he's not the best defender in the world. I could see, you know, criticism there, but I can't see, you know, I just can't see that being a, a valid criticism. Okay. I can see it being valid, but I can see there are reasons why, which we've already explained. And I just, you know, I don't think he's the world's greatest player, but, I really think he adds an element to this squad that it's very hard to come by in this league. Yeah, I think he's – I'm going to step up from me on the defense. I think he's a damn good defense a player. He can guard a bunch of different positions. But, uh, you know, last year he shot 41% from the three. The year before it was 33. The year before it was 36. So he's had a, also in the middle of his career where it was in like the, the mid – to low 20s. Yeah, how many uh, shots high though, Chris? What's his volume? Of yeah, yeah, really, only like two two more a game tops, you know? But that, that's the thing. It, if you're going to – if they, they literally are just leaving him out there all by – so that hurts Ant, that hurts Cat. The driving lanes get really clogged up, so that's the key. But once again, if you're out of position, then what do you do? Limit his minutes a little bit and give it to Troy Brown because a lot of people are talking about – Troy Brown has played really good. Uh, when he's gotten the chance, he's a better shooter. He can drive. Gives us another guy to drive. But, yeah, I mean, I did hear Finchie talk about it in recent uh, weeks about trying to get him to power forward more. So it is, like you said, the the, the power the, the, for, the point forward, which is where he's comfortable at. So, 
you know, there's going to be some limitations from Cat defensively at the four because we're playing them there, dude. And so I think people are, I'm agreeing with you as far as I think people are jumping on Kyle Anderson too much because, hey, man, he's not a small forward, dude, you know. And I love his post moves. They're ugly, but I love them. But like I said, they really leave him out there, you know, multiple times a game, and he just either moves the ball or he'll slow dribble. But his moves aren't as good when he's got a slow dribble from the three-point line, you know. So it's not really – I don't know. It, it's a tough one, man. But he's, well, like, he is a valuable freaking player, though. Yeah, he is. And he proves it uh, night in and night out. But – you know, I guess to get Troy in a little bit more, put him at the three, like you said, and move Kyle back to the four, where he's a more natural uh, player there, um, offensively and defensively. It gives, you know, Cat maybe, like you said, make up for some of Cat's shortcomings defensively, possibly take some fouls off Cat. That makes a lot of sense. I don't know why Finchie wouldn't do that unless he just doesn't trust Troy yet. Um, but, you know, Troy can give you points. He has played well. His three has been pretty good. I don't know what he's shooting percentage wise, but I know it's, it's, it's good. Um, and you get him more minutes, give more people more rest. I like that a lot. I just, now I ask myself, why isn't that being done at the moment? It makes uh, a ton of sense to me. Yeah. And some of it is Nas getting as many minutes as he deserves too, because he's been playing the five in the four. So that's the thing, you know, um, you're not going to take any way minutes away from Nas, so yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's it's we have four bigs, and we're probably not, you know you can't play all four of them for long minutes per se, because you're want, you're going to want to get Rudy and Cat back in there too and play Nas a lot. So yeah, it's 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 something that he played so well for us last year at that four spot, but uh, when you get him and Rudy on the court right now, it, it really is rough because it's one thing to have one guy that can't shoot, but when you have two, and you know, and then and then if you, you know, you also can't play J Mac right now. Those three on the court because then you have three non-shooters right now. Now I shouldn't say non-shooters. And by the way, J Mac has improved a little bit on uh, recently. He hit two in the last game, a couple of games ago. He a couple too but yeah man it, it's something we got to work out no doubt about it I wouldn't say Troy Brown's 100% the guy and he'll fix everything because yeah he's a very valuable player uh, he's just a smart IQ uh, tough around the edges type player you know so um, I, I do like slow-mo but um, any other items that you want to talk about sir before we get to uh, you know previewing the four games we got coming up. Well, you mentioned J-Mac. He had a nice week. You know, we we weren't high on him last week. We thought maybe something was up and he was streaky, and maybe he's hitting one of his good streaks. But he hit a few threes, got to the basket, I think against OKC. He had uh, he showed up there. It was either that or, or Memphis. But he had a nice, a nice game off the bench, and it makes you think, well, trade deadline this, trade deadline that. But um, he, he he's – Play is picked up, so maybe that's a sign of a couple good months uh, coming up. Yeah. And, you know, Charlotte can score. They obviously have a really good point guard. They have some weapons, no doubt about it. My guess is it'll be uh, 110 and above 
unless our D just goes nasty. And by the way, I'm going to watch it on DVR, so no spoilers. Um, and then at Washington, at Brooklyn, and then at San Antonio. Um, and we've played really well against San Antonio. Uh, at some point, they're going to play good against us. One of these times, Washington is just a shell of themselves right now. Uh, we're not going to play like them. I think we kick the shit out of them. But, um, I, you know, four in a row, we haven't lost to a below 500 team in a while. Um, you know, I want to say 4-0. I think it's, I think it's definitely a, a strong possibility. But with these turnovers of late, I'm going to go three and one. And I feel like that's a three and one minimum we got to have. We can't go two and two uh, during this stretch against, um, you know, I'm not saying Charlotte's a horrible team. Um, but, you know, the rest of them, I mean, they are like record wise, they are, you know, they definitely are. But I could see them pop off with some points and whatnot. Um, but. You know, you're looking at a seven-win um, Washington club. You know, Brooklyn. These are all on the road too, so that that plays into it. And we have a Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back. Um, so the best best team is definitely Brooklyn in there. Uh, I, I do worry about San Antonio just because when you played so good against the team, sure you may come in there a little all of our confident. What you're talking about as well, that complacent, but. I'm going to say three and one just because we haven't lost to a sub 500 team since the third game of the season. I'm going to say three is one, three and one as well. Um, you know, it's the slow starts, the bad turnovers, especially to close out a game. Um, but I think I'm more concerned about the slow starts than I am the, the, the closing turnovers. It's as weird as that is to say, um, I just don't like them to come out like that. I'd rather come out strong and, you know, not be down, you know, 16, you know, three minutes in or whatever situation is. That's a little concerning because sometimes you're not going to be able to claw your way back, whether it's a bad shooting night or, or a great shooting night on the other squad. It's just you got to come out with a little bit uh, better effort than that. Um, I think we win, Chris, all the games. I think we lose to San Antonio being the last of those road games and a pretty tough opponent. You're right. We have played well against them and that, you know, it's their turn now, I think. Um, I, I like us to win all three All three of, to begin with. I think we'll lose to San Antonio uh, a close game, um, depending on who sits and who doesn't. I know you said there's a back-to-back in there. What are they going to do with Conley, Gobert? Are they going to sit both of those guys or, or stagger them or how they're going to handle that? It'll be interesting to see. Um, but, yeah, I'm 3-1 and one as well. Uh, I feel like, you know, got to get those turnovers under control. Um, and, and learn how to close the games, Chris. I mean, if you're going to get up or you got to win a game by four, you know, you can't have bad possessions coming down the stretch. You can't have turnovers or just bad mistakes. You know, I'll take a missed shot, you know, a good look and a missed shot. I'll take that, but I'm not going to take, you know, a turnover on consecutive possessions. It's just, it's not a good look. Um, so three and one, I uh, say we lose to San Antonio. Yeah, that lines up. Um, and that's the crazy thing is, like, if you look at, you know, we're first in defense, we're like fourth in net rating, we're 19th in in offensive rating, um, and that's per 100 possessions, and and we're like 28th, um, you know, in turnovers in the league. 
Um, there's not many more teams than 28. Um, and this is the crazy part, right? I saw this little stat. The Wolves are one of the four teams that rank in the top 10 in both efficiency, field goal percentage, and free throw rate, right? The other threes, Bucks, Clippers, and Pelicans, um, rank second, fifth, and tenth offensively efficiency, whereas we're sitting at ninth. And actually now it's 29th. Oh, it's the turnover rate. We're 28 overall, 29th rate. So, like, in, in the, the other kicker, right, so that means we can really turn around our offense and be a top at least 12 offense. Um, but the crazy thing is, like, um, Minnesota ranks 10th lowest of their opponent's possessions that have been in transition. You know, with all those turnovers, they're still, I mean, it ultimately kills us, but that's still fucking pretty good. You know what I mean? That that That's pretty damn good. Um. So I do want to address this person that really, I got a little rant going because this guy blocked me, then didn't block me, then blocked me and didn't block me. Never even got to reply besides, hey, I can't reply right now <laughs> to him because it's like, oh, I see that you're not replying. And and it's basically just talking about Ant's turnovers is what really got him, right? And and he says, you know, he's only 22, he's in his fourth year, and all that stuff's fair, but let's let's talk about it, okay? Now, I, I think on average at this age, there's less to be critical about than someone on our team, Cat. But in year three and in year four, we were critical of Cat, okay? So don't act like we've been, or I've been, I should say, letting Cat off the hook. I mean, when it, when we started this the, uh, the podcast, the year we traded Jimmy, coming off that playoff run, right? And I was in favor of keeping Jimmy and trading Cat at that time. But the whole, you can't be critical because he's only in his fourth year. Well, not only Jimmy, but the, the media and the damn head coach was way the top. Those two, get, you know, were on him. So, I mean, and I think it's made him tougher, don't get me wrong. And, and he has, you know, taken a leap defensively the last few years. There are just some stuff that just lingers. And now that he's, you know, in his prime, you could just basically see this is the player he's going to be, yada, yada, yada. But to say you can't say anything about him, it's like, well, why why didn't that apply to – you know, I did a little Google search, or, I mean, search on his Twitter, and he was just destroying Cat years ago, right? Which is cool. You can be critical. I'm not saying that. I do think people pile on. Um, and he – like I said, he, he, he said this stuff. He thinks Ant should be, you know, up for MVP this year. I don't. I don't think too many people do. Um, he thinks he's the next uh, Michael Jordan. I think that's disrespectful to Kevin Garnett. Why can't we? Why can't we let that happen first? You know, let him get better than Kevin Garnett. Um, and, and just in January alone, he has out of the eleven games, he has six games. Actually, five games with five turnovers or one with six. Like I said, Cat early on had too many damn turnovers. Okay? But if you can't even say anything about him, and, and in his love for MJ, which we all love, I think saying he's the best player is great. I don't have a problem with that. But I also noticed, searching his Twitter, um, that he just 
jumps on LeBron. And he even had the audacity to say that Ant has a better basketball IQ than him and a variety of other guys. That It's just not true. You can see LeBron's basketball IQ in high school when they started his senior year, uh, started to broadcast the games on ESPN. Like, he's only 22 all year, by the way. But don't. If I can't be critical of him, don't say he's MJ the next, and he's an MVP candidate. That's all I'm saying. So um, it was funny though, Aaron, because he he said this stuff, and then he literally, when Ann only had two points, he blocked me two points in the first half. Then he unblocked me when he went for 26. Right. Then at the end of the game at OKC, he said, "Oh, there goes Cat falling out. All those, all three of those falls were legit. Well, two of them were legit." One of them they did because we were down. What was he supposed to let him dribble out the clock? Um, that was kind of funny. But, yeah, he said now he's going to have to save the day. And then he blocked me again because Ant, his MVP, um, you know, missed some free throws. But the yeah, thing dude, I, go ahead, go ahead. I just it, It's one of those things that's been bothering me since we did the PPP and we're on. You know, we're in a whole different podcast, whole different sport, and it's something about this fan base, Chris. It's like you're not a fan if you're critical. When did that start? Like you should be critical of your squad. I mean, we had no problem being critical in the 90s. All of a sudden we're here, 2000s. Piling on is different. Piling on for no reason is different. Right. Or just, you know, stupid things to, you know, I don't know, dog somebody. That's fine, I guess. But it's like. You know, you have to be critical of your squad. You know, it's like, and now if you're not just like, you know, a mouth breathing, yay, Timberwolves, you know, then you're, that's the only way to be a fan. I just don't really agree with that. Now, the blocking's a weird situation. It's like, he didn't want you to come back, but you, it's just the weirdest. <laughs> the, the internet is, is an amazing place, I guess. It's the yeah. Story. It's, it's amazingly so great strange. and amazingly hazardous. Yeah. I mean, Ant and LeBron, that's not a conversation yet. Let's give it some time. Ant, MJ, Like Ant. 15 years? Yeah. <laughs> Considering Ant. he's at his 21st? KG, you know, let's get there. You know, let's get to franchise stuff. Now, do I think that Ant has the potential to be those things? Absolutely. Sure. sure. But that doesn't mean he's going to live up to, you know, his potential. So far, so good. You know, he's in another learning curve here where it's, you know, like we mentioned earlier with fourth quarter stuff, you want the ball. You got to know what to do with it. Um, you know, MJ also had a learning curve, and those yes. types of things were shot selection, like, shot I, selection, not, turnover, not trusting his teammates, not trusting your teammates. Exactly, those are the things that you're in here early on with Ant in this fourth season. And you know, Jordan didn't win a championship till his seventh season, and he had to knock on the uh, Pistons, and he had to knock on the Celtics, and he had to do a lot yeah. of stuff to get where he got. You know, and then once he cracked through, you know, it was dynasty, but there's a learning curve here. Now, we have made the comparison Ant to Jordan, right? Just because we see similarities and things like that. But in no yeah, way. He are looks we like him. He has movement like him, for sure. Yeah, right. And there's no way that we're ever going to know. But we have to say that, you know, let the kid, he's 22. So let him be 22. You know, we're in a great spot for this season. Let's see what happens in the playoffs this year, how he progresses, you know. We're in a progression here. Let's not push it any farther. And please, you know, if you're going to give criticism, you should be able to take it. Well said. And and this is what I love about this kid, Edwards, okay? So remember the Boston thing he said, you know, he said it right after. I watched the film. I dribbled too much. He owned up to it right away. He didn't say this. He didn't say that. He owned up to it, right? 
And then on those fritos, <clears throat> excuse me, those fritos that he missed, he said, make him miss him. I wasn't really overly disappointed. Either way, I was going to make him or miss him. It don't really matter. I missed him the night, but I'll make him the next time. Then he goes on, and so, you know, he's being critical of himself here. He says, I got to look in the mirror because it's me who generates the most turnovers right now. You got to look in the mirror. I got to stop turning that bitch over. I promise you, I'm definitely looking at film, trying to figure out what I'm doing. He said, the majority come from me trying to make the right play. It's not really there. I'll be better. That's what I like about the kid. He's not saying, oh, I don't want to talk to the media. He's not doing this. He's not that. He owns up to everything and sometimes too much. It's like, man, keep that, keep that under wraps, buddy. You don't need to say that. But that's what I love about this kid, dude. He wants to accept the challenge. Remember last year in the play-in game? Those first two play-in games was like, oh, my God, what's going on? And then he averaged 31 against Denver. Came right back at it. I sorry, I was on mute there. I guarantee he will be better too. I guarantee he will not yes. miss free throws in that position again. He might say he didn't matter to him, but it kept him up at night. You can yeah, tell yeah, that, that this kid is—he's good with the media. He knows what to say. Right. But, you know, he's the kind of kid that doesn't make that same mistake twice. You know, like he'll, if he yep. figures it out, he figures it out. He has the want to, and that's the thing. You know, so you just let it happen. And, and you know, we're all disappointed to see him miss that first free throw. Okay, you know, because we thought you know, and it would make that. Um, he didn't, but I don't think anybody was crying from the rooftops about all, oh, you know, Ant sucks this or, or he's not ready that, you know, I, I just think it's a progression. He's younger than Jordan was in, when Jordan was in his fourth season um, and let him just, you know, progress through that at Chris. And as far as mouth breathing fans, you know, I just, I get messages too, but it's just, you know, I don't know what to say about it. Just don't block people. If you're going to say something, man, let, you know, let, let it be responded to, you know, without, you know, Oh, Ant scores 26 in the second half. I guess I'll open up for business again. That's just kind of weak. I don't know. <laughs> it's hilarious. I was out for lunch. Now I'm back. I'm back. We're good. I'm full stomach. I'm ready to go. I'm going to work overtime tonight. Um, and then with the Gophers, we'll end on the Gophers. You know, they got off to a really good start. Um, has slipped now. Obviously losing Hopkins, the guy, you know, who, who's who's leading the country. Yeah. In, in assist, and then, like, one of the best when it comes to assist turnover does hurt. Um, we didn't play all that great. We got into ball problems uh, against Michigan State, and still somehow we're freaking right there. The points in the paint were killing us the whole game with, like, I don't know, six minutes left. It was a two-point game. And Garcia, who went off but then had a little rough uh, stint there, Settling for three, having a turnover. Mitchell got out of his funk, but he did have uh, – he was just turnover and dribbling around way too much, too many turnovers. I thought they pl- played really solid defense against Michigan State. Um, uh, they just couldn't quite get over the hump. Um, you know, some of the sophomores like Ola Joseph and, and what's the stuff's pain didn't play all that great. The points in the paint killed us. Um, but you know, they turned up the heat on us and they were a little bit more aggressive offensively, but yeah, you know, they got to play Wisconsin and Wisconsin's looking like they did a handful of years ago this year so far. Um, but yeah, the bleeding within this next game or two, let's say the next, we got to get a a win in the next three, 
games for sure. Just to stop stuff and get some confidence back. Yeah, I mean, you're right about Hawkins being a big loss. It's a huge loss. Um, he's kind of the straw that stirs the drink. You have, you know, some guys, we do have some problems, like you said, in front court issues, uh, just youth, um, size. Uh, Michigan State took advantage of that. Um, defensively, you know, that's what you can have every night, and I think it's there. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, we're not there quite with the talented squads, like you said, with Wisconsin. Um but to hang in there against Michigan State, I thought was pretty good. Uh, Dawson Garcia could have had a better game. I, you know, it's, I'm still in, in a wait and see mode with these guys. Um, I think there are parts and pieces there that, that work, but now with Hawkins out, it's going to be really tough to even play Wisconsin and go on. But you're right. We do need to win, uh, in that Northwestern game or, or find another win here because, you know, the snowball starts rolling downhill, you know, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You got to get off the schneid and win something. Um, otherwise you, you know, it's not going to be good for the confidence, but you know, I, you know, you get off to a good start like that, Chris, you expect a little bit more. Um, but you know, I don't know what to say about Hawkins. It's just kind of, I want to see how they play without him, but I really think it's going to be you know, kind of an, I guess, it's, I guess he was kind of close. Like it's not going to be three weeks or anything like that, right. but I, I, I don't know if he'll play at Wisconsin, but I mean, what do you Friday, so that's a couple more days. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we'll inside Northwestern. Oh, by the way, the guy I said that was playing for our, uh, our minor league system in Iowa, Lance Stevenson. I thought I I I, I, I didn't say it. I kind of jokingly said it, but I did say he blew into LeBron's ear, and I thought yeah. that was a viral enough thing. But yeah, it's Lance Stevenson as far as uh, the potential. For a backup point guard, that that was uh, who I was talking about. Yeah, I mean, I don't need another check. He's an old guy, you know. He's back playing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the combined age of him and Conley would be interesting at point <laughs> yeah, guard. Yeah. You arrest him when you arrest Conley and, and Rudy. <laughs> what do you do there? Uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, you can get your podcast anywhere you get your podcasts: Spotify, iHeartRadio. Home base is Rope Dope Radio. Catch that and other shows on that platform. Um, you know, we're looking for a good week here with the Wolves. Three and one is what we like. Uh, four and oh would be better. And this is hope the Gophers get healthy and, and try to get a win. Other than that, we'll talk to you next week. Peace.